0: This is the Steelers standard on Steelers nation radio and podcast on Steelers.com. I don't think it's out of bounds for me to say that the Steelers general manager, Kevin Colbert's probably one of the best general managers in football. Not at all. No, look I at
1: his don't... tenure and look at his resume.
0: Yeah. I don't see any real reason that you could say that he's not at least top five in the league. And you know, he's still getting the job done to this day. He's, Built multiple teams up as far as the Pittsburgh Steelers are concerned. He was the director of football operations, uh, got that title in 2000. Was that till 2010? You know, he was the GM over that time. It was just a different kind of title, but he was the one making the decisions in the draft and all of the GM decisions that need to be made. 2010 to 2016, he was then officially named the general manager, and then uh, in 2016 to the present day, he was the VP slash the general manager. But he's been the general manager for almost the entire 2000s, uh, when you really think about it, and that's an amazing tenure to have uh, as far as the that position is concerned. Uh, he's been the GM for the back half of Cowher's career and all of Mike Tomlin's career. So, you know, just like how the Steelers don't really change their head coaches, they really don't move on from their GMs or at least that's the case for Kevin Colbert and you know his track record speaks for himself he's won two Super Bowl championships with the Steelers like I said he's been able to build the team up in different ways throughout decades whether it be the defenses that he built in the early 2000s to mid 2000s those great offenses from 2013 2014 to 2017 or again on this third time building that defense up to being an elite status again as we stand right now so he's really done it three different times. It's incredible stuff. He's done it on the defense. He's done it on the offensive side of the ball. He's proven he can draft for both sides of the football. And it's hard not to feel trust in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization when you have that guy at the helm. And I know that there's a lot of people saying, you know, there's a lot of roster mismanagement this offseason. You know, why did you bring back Juju? You know, a lot of these moves are kind of head-scratching And I agree with all of that criticism and all that analysis that I do feel like it's roster mismanagement. And I do feel like, you know, these moves are a bit of head scratchers that are being made. But when you look at the guy who's pulling the trigger on these moves, you know, it's hard to really criticize him. You know what I mean? It's hard to really point the fingers and say, you know, what he's doing is terrible and he's ruining the Steelers team because (laughs) this is the guy who's made the Steelers team for the past two decades. So, You know, I I understand the criticism as it stands right now, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if two, three years down the road, Kevin Colbert looks like a genius because that seems to be the case for him more times than not is once you kind of let history play itself out and and the players that he picks or the signings that he makes play themselves out, you know, he looks like he's
2: the the genius more often than he doesn't. Right. And and, I mean, like you said, it's tough to even remotely criticize anything that, that Colbert does because of the the track record that he has because of the, um, you know, the amazing, you know, resume that he's had, you know, the last 21 years with the Steelers. Um, it's been obviously really, really good. So it, it's tough to, you know, sit here and, and criticize any move that he makes, um, you know, and, and that's what, you know, that's what we do. That's what people do. That's, you know, that's just how it goes. Um, you know, you, you kind of criticize moves in the moment, but at the same time, more often than not, and even it kind of seems more so than that, but more often than not, you know, the moves that, that Kevin Colbert and company make are the right ones. And, and, and you know, um, that doesn't mean that you can't miss, on, you know, every once in a while or you make the wrong move that, that you know, nobody's perfect. But at the same time, um, you know, more often than not, the, the stuff that, that Colbert does, you know, that's why he's one of the best GMs in, in football. It's why he's been one of the best GMs for the last handful of years. Um, you know, it's why he's, you know, one of the most tenured guys, you know, in the in the NFL. I mean, he is is obviously at the top of you know his game, and it, it's kind of weird that um, you know at, at some point you know when you start signing one year deals, it's kind of not to say that he's at his end the end of his rope or anything like that. Or but there's been rumors for a handful of year now years now that he's probably going to move on at some point um, in the somewhat near future. It's going to be kind of weird without Kevin Colbert one day running this Steelers team. I mean, pretty much for the entirety of all three of our lifetime, it's been. Kevin Colbert, you know, being the GM of this team and really running it. So, um, you know, it's it's interesting that, you know, he's kind of been at the end of things. But at the same time, he's still, you know, as good as he was, you know, five, six years ago. I mentioned real
0: quick about how, you know, the Steelers head coaches don't change. neither the GMs. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Since 1991, the Steelers have had two GMs. Now the titles are football operations. Yeah, right. Whatever, sure. But Tom Donahoe loose. from 91 to 99 and then Kevin Colbert from 2000 to now. Yeah, since '92, they've had
2: two head coaches.
0: Right. So at the two biggest positions in your front office, the Steelers have had the most consistency yeah. in the NFL by far.
2: Yeah, it's pretty wild to to put it you know pretty pretty bluntly. It is pretty crazy. 90, that, since '91, two GMs. Since '92, yeah. two coaches. Yeah, I mean, it's there's a lot of symmetry there with the GM and with the, the head football coach. Um, and again, you know, I I think the one thing that you point to um, with with Kevin Colbert is his ability to draft. And I think that's why Steeler fans and the media and, and people like that get so excited when, when you know, you come to the draft because you know that, you know, nine times out of 10 who you take in the first round, who you take, you know, even in the second round, third round, those are going to be guys that are going to play for you. You know what I mean? Like you, you get excited when draft time rolls around because of the fact that Steelers are so good at, at what they do in the draft game. and. Um, I think that's even more important this year that, you know, the Steelers need to have a good draft and who else would you rather have running the draft other than Kevin Colbert?
1: Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no way that, you know, we've talked about Keith Butler. We've talked about Matt Canada possibly just being, you know, Matt Canada kind of followed up into the position of the coordinator for, for the offense. And Keith Butler has been there for a while and it's been, a good defense but they're in the big moments, you know, he's kind of come up short. But that's not certainly that's certainly not the case here with Kevin Colbert. I mean, if if you've been the guy for 20 years, there there's no reason that you shouldn't continue to be the guy until, you know, you're ready to hang it up and that seems to be the case here with Colbert, you know, once he's ready to go, he'll go and that's why he's going to going to be kind of uh kept on the team with these just one or two year deals as Mike Tomlin has been in the past. And, yeah, you could point to some errors he's made, such as Jarvis Jones or Artie Burns, but those are two that come to mind, and I really can't think of two others any faster that come to mind as quickly as those two. I mean, you can't consider Bud Dupree a bust. I mean, people were 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 quick to jump on that train. Terrell I Emmons mean, certainly isn't a bust, considering he's played almost every snap of his career so far uh, as a starter, nonetheless. Uh, I I don't see... I, I really can't couldn't tell you any other type of bust that, uh, not Randy Fegner that Kevin Colbert has made. I mean he's Ziggy hit, Hood. He's hit okay sure. They, Remember Ziggy Hood? Yeah, of course. That In, was what 2011? I think. Would you call Madden Hall of Bust? No, no, because he, he got two, you to a Super years. Bowl. He got you to a Super Bowl too. So he played there. His so ability to avoid the bust is really key. Is really key. And then you don't even need to. You don't even need to isolate the first round. Look at the the mid-round picks. That's what I think really separates Colbert from other GMs is his his ability to find guys in these later rounds. C- case in point was Antonio Brown, one of the best football players of this past decade was found in what? The the 3rd or 5th round? Antonio Brown, 6th yeah. round, buddy. 6th round? Yeah. yeah, there you go. So Yeah, I think what what separates Kevin isn't his isn't just his ability to kind of falter in the first round, but his ability to kind of make it a a full draft, a a complete draft class in
0: the later rounds too. Yeah, he barely has busts when he picks in the first round, like you said, but I think the other thing you said is what makes him what he is as the GM is his ability to find these positions, skill position players later in the draft. Kevin Dotson in what, the fifth or sixth round? Not even just Lyman, though. Just talking about, like, you you know. Oh, I'm not talking about linemen. Every real, like, stud that he's gotten as far as a skill position player has come later, not in the first round. You know, Le'Veon Bell was a later draft pick. Juju was a later draft pick. Antonio Brown was a later draft pick. Chase Claypool was a later draft pick. I mean, he does hit in the first round, don't get me wrong. I mean, Devin Bush looks like it's probably going to be a hit. Bud Dupree, I would say, is was a, hit. a hit. TJ yeah. Watt is an absolute hit and a For steal, the, by the way, the because fact, he fell.
1: The fact that Kevin Colbert got TJ Watt at pick 30 in 2017 and got Cam Hayward at pick 31 in 2010 should show you how good he is, not just you know finding guys later on, but identifying the guys that no one else is early on and saying, we don't want to miss on this guy. Let's get him. Yeah, it's, but it's also like crazy to think that Cam Hayward and TJ Watt both fell to well, 30. Well, that's a and testament to
0: just how bad some other GMs can yeah, be in the exactly, league, and some bad exactly. other scouting departments can be. Where Kevin Colbert was going to miss on those guys. No, and those are guys that they're finger crossed, hoping and praying for. And, and you know, sometimes that doesn't work out, like Jarvis Jones, where he fell a lot, and Kevin Colbert thought it was worthy to pull the trigger. And you're not going to hit every single time on your draft, but it's. I, I'd be interested to. You know, do this research. It would take years, probably not years. It would take weeks to do. But to go back and really look at all his draft picks and see what his, you know, and this is subjective, which would make it harder. But his quote-unquote bust percentage was, and I hmm. guarantee you that it's less than forty percent of the picks he makes are busts. And I'm not talking about picks in the in the you know picks that you get in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. If they don't pan out, you can't really call them busts because right. they sometimes those players don't even make the team. But Then again, on the other side of the coin, if you get a player that's a superstar in those rounds, those absolutely do count. But I wouldn't be surprised if you look at those first one through four rounds in his career. And I would think that the busts are few and very far between.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I would assume so. I mean, you only listed, what, three or so in the first round, and that's over, what, a a 20-year span. It's over a 20-plus year span. Um, which is pretty crazy. I mean, the one the one that that popped into my mind immediately is Lima Swede. That's just because I still have a Lima Swede jersey hanging up no in my, way in my uh, oh in my room. Man. But uh, I mean, you know, every GM is going to miss at some point in time. But the the thing is, is is not missing consistently, and it's and it's right. you know hitting on guys later in drafts. And uh, I mean, to play devil's advocate here, just for a second, I think, um, you know, it kind of you know, when when you do so well in finding guys later in drafts, sometimes it it can kind of cloud a judgment. And I hope that's not the idea going into this year's draft is, well, we're so good at at, at finding guys later in the drafts. We can wait on, you know, uh, position X, whether it's running back or whatever it is that that sometimes, you know, you just hope that that's not, um, you know, how it ends up working out. Like you hope that the Steelers address, running back first and they don't think ah oh, well we're so we've been so good historically and they are you know at getting guys later in drafts you hope that they don't you know misprioritize things and and 9 times out of 10 they don't but i'm just saying there's always that worry with the idea that yes we have been very very good in um, you know in getting guys later in drafts and and, and hitting on guys later in, in you know the third fourth fifth round that you just hope that, that you know this year especially you know it doesn't um you know it doesn't affect you moving forward it you know you hope that you get that position x right away and you don't have to wait for it
1: yeah i i, I don't know if that's going to be the case I, I don't think it will be i mean i don't either i'm just yeah. saying there's always that worry right and but with the fact that he's brought, he was just re-signed for a one-year deal a couple months ago or a couple weeks ago, uh, should show you that the Steelers are are ready to go into another draft with Colbert at the helm, and there's no there's no reason that they shouldn't have been. I mean, he's been the guy for the past twenty plus years, and this is a big draft for the Steelers. This is you could argue it's one of the most important drafts the Steelers have had uh, in the past couple of years or so, just because of the what what's to come after this draft in terms of the post Ben era you really need to start building up your team now and you want to make it as easy as possible for the next guy who's coming in and I think the Steelers didn't want to go into this draft with anyone else other than Colbert making the call
0: and how could you want to go in with anybody else but Colbert making the call and you know this you hate to keep bringing it back to Ben on everything, but you know, a lot of this stuff ties into Ben and I know Colbert was there before Ben got there. And uh, Colbert was the one who picked Ben Roethlisberger, but you know, you don't want to break in a new uh, GM to draft this year and, and try to fill in the holes around Ben to help the team win now, because that GM is probably going to want to, you know, rebuild the identity of the team towards his own you know style. He, every GM has their own style of how they build a football right. team. And, You don't really want that much change to be introduced in what's been Roethlisberger's last season. And, you know, who knows if that new GM is going to come in right now and say, you know, I love Ben, Hall of Fame quarterback. That's great. He gives us a chance this year. You know, I'm looking at my job four or five years down the road, and I want to start that rebuild now. So maybe he takes you know position players that are more keen towards big-time play in two to three years from now as opposed to guys that can step in right away and help now. And I think that that plays into it, although I don't think that there's any question either that if he wants to do it, Kevin Colbert's the guy to usher in the post-Ben era. It's just yeah. a matter of is he up for it? And that's, I think why he keeps getting just one year extension after one year extension, which is something he has said. He has talked to Rooney about and worked out with Rooney. This is his preference is to do the one year thing. So, you know, when Ben retires, it'll be all up to Colbert if he wants to, uh, undertake that endeavor, but, I think clearly the offer is on the table for him. And I think like you said, Jacob, how who would you trust more than Kevin Colbert in this upcoming draft? I think that's the mentality the Steelers will have once Ben leaves, is who would you trust more to replace Ben Roethlisberger, the guy who found Ben Roethlisberger.
2: Right, and there's a lot of parallels there, you know, with, with Colbert and Tomlin in that situation, you know. Um, and I don't know. It, I think it, it's kind of the same exact point that we made when we talked about Tomlin that, you know, there are questions on whether or not he will be here um, in the post Ben era, obviously he signed the extension. Obviously he will be here um, and he will be here, you know, in the post Ben era. Um, and, and, you know, who knows if you want to continue to do that after the first couple years. And maybe, uh, you know, in Kevin Colbert's case, that's why you go year by year and you see, you know, this is probably Ben's last year. Maybe you sign another one after Ben's gone. You see how that year goes. And not, you know, not to say that he's just going to leave high and dry if the team isn't any good, but it's a lot of work for a general manager who has had a, a, a Hall of Fame quarterback since 2004. He's had been for, what, 16 years now. It's not exactly the easiest thing in the world to, to not even have to think about who's going to be our starting quarterback moving forward for this upcoming year when you've had that guy for 16 years now, Um, it it would definitely be a different undertaking. It would be a little bit different of a situation to go into a a draft two years from now and say, oh, we, we might need to think about a starting quarterback. You know, do you want to rebuild the team? Do you want to have to kind of not change the identity of the team, but that's kind of what you're doing at the same time. You know, if you're losing Ben, that's kind of the face of the franchise. You know what I mean? So you're kind of, you know, you're completely changing your identity at that point. So I wonder if if Colbert will want to do that. But, you know, as I said for Mike Tomlin, I don't think there's a better guy in the room or maybe in the entire league to usher you into that era. It's just the question of whether or not that he would want to do it, you know, at that point. I mean, we're still... At least a whole a whole year away from that at this point in the year or right. at this point in time, so it remains to be seen. But you know, you brought it up, and I wonder: would you, you know, if you are Kevin Colbert after having been for 16 years, would you want to, you know, completely change your identity and look for a quarterback again? Do you want to do that again? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. Right? You, you you would believe not, but
0: I don't know though because Mike Tomlin clearly wants to break in, in a, a new quarterback you know it's just not this year no I know that but I'm saying just you know in the future you know it's just you just never know what Kevin Colbert's going to be feeling
1: yeah I mean I think I would love to see Kevin Colbert for this I guess the second time in his career really pursue a a first-round caliber quarterback because i
0: mentioned in an earlier episode that we did the steelers standard i don't like how the steelers don't get out of their comfort zone this is one place where i'd be too uncomfortable getting out of my comfort zone you'd be too uncomfortable right i don't want to take the risk of a new guy coming in to build it back oh well not no i'm saying not this year i know but i'm saying in the future too like i just would want colbert there oh okay okay Okay. i thought
1: you meant you would you you wouldn't want to put colbert in that position to get a guy in the first round. No, I would. Oh, yeah. I would love that. I completely I, I agree. the
0: keys to Colbert. I, I, I know he's only going to sign one-year extension after one-year extension, but I hope these are one-year extensions that keep coming for five, six years down the road. The rebuild after Ben, I, I I like how they're setting themselves up to have Tomlin and Colbert in charge of that. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And, and Callen said the same thing, too. I mean, there's no one
1: else I would rather be there than those two guys. I mean, it would just look foolish on the Steelers part, and that's something you don't hear often. The the two words are together, foolish and Steelers. If they were to go without Tomlin and Colbert so early in the post-Ben era, there's as Callan said, there's no one else I would want there to lead that ship, to lead that helm than those two guys. Because what are you gonna do? You're gonna go out and get two unproven a head coach and a, a GM that maybe has a little bit of experience, or or maybe is w- what people consider like oh the next sean mcveigh in terms of of coaching or or the next gm superstar you don't in waiting you don't know and there, there's too much uncertainty there to say okay we, we gotta get out of our comfort comfort zone now it's it's too much of one thing right too soon to say that okay we've been saying we gotta we gotta revamp we gotta get out of our comfort zone but not not to that extent
0: no i agree not to that extent at all um Kevin Colbert, when he comes to mind, what position group does really jumps out at you that he really nails? Because I got one in my mind: wide receiver, wide receivers, right? Yeah. I mean, there's this, no question. He it. seems to just be a savant at that position. I mean,
1: we could go down the line. Other than Kevin Swede, four, number fourteen, Lima Swede <laughs> jersey in, in the back of his closet collecting dust bunnies. It, they're all hits, I would say. I mean, just recently, James Washington, Deontay. Chase Claypool, Juju, A. B. Martavis Bryant, even Martavis Bryant was a hit. Throw Marcus Wheaton in there because while he was there, he wasn't terrible. He had that two hundred yard game in Seattle was pretty good. I mean, he was a deep threat. I don't think he
0: ever panned out, but you saw the talent that Colbert saw, right? There wasn't a question of he
1: didn't pan out because Juju Smith-Schuster came in antonio brown was the guy martavis bryant was the number two guy there was really no need for him maybe the only other bus
0: sammy coates also a sammy number coates 14 is bad, yeah um but you think about mike wallace, mike wallace you Think yeah. about manny sanders i yeah, mean these are legitimate guys that he's brought into the nfl and you know they've had impact for the steelers and then guys like mike wallace and manny sanders move on because there's just a log jam at that position and they going. continue to have impact around the nfl yeah. i mean Manny Sanders is still making impact. his impact felt uh, for the Niners, right. for the Broncos after the Steelers, Where for the Niners, for I the forget. Saints. He just signed with somebody, and I can't he's remember. He's moving either. around. He's, he's bouncing, bouncing around. around. Yeah. He's now just a journeyman But he's NFL. a good one. He's not, yeah, he's not a Ryan Fitzpatrick. No, he's not a journeyman. You bring a, him
1: on, and you want to bring him on you to help br- your team. Exactly,
0: and he's going to bolster your receiving core. And, by the way, he is a Buffalo Bill now, so it's that buff- team just got even better at the receiving core. I mean, if Manny Sanders is your number three behind Beasley, and Diggs, yeah, that's a really good. I good mean, you could say court. he's
1: number two in front of Beasley. because you could, Beasley's just like a typical two A two B with those two guys. Of. Also, and I want to touch on real quick, Martavis Bryant. If he had, you know, kept himself out of trouble, that guy would be a legit wide receiver one in the league. Well, if,
0: if smoking weed was just legal in the NFL, he would yeah, be a legitimate there you a go, wide, go. wide receiver. But I sleep. mean, like, that's, let's be honest. The only reason he busted out was because the league cracked down on him super hard, and I'm sure that you know that got mentally exhausted for him because he couldn't stop smoking weed. And the NFL just kept suspending him, so he just never was able to find that you know gear that he hit when he was dominating for the Steelers. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he was the fastest receiver. It, yeah. Like Before Tyreek Hill, it was Martavis Bryant. Oh, absolutely. And Tyreek Hill's faster than Martavis Bryant. Absolutely. But still, he was the guy that came in first and, you know, they were doing the uh, next-gen miles-per-hour right. stats he saying, was oh, my and... God, he hit 22 miles-per-hour yeah. on that. Like, that was Tavis and— you know, this is, we're in fantasy land now, but could you imagine Tavis on those Matt Canada jet sweeps? Because mm-hmm. yeah. Tavis was dominant on jet sweeps if back Martavis, then. If, Mar- if the weed thing wasn't an issue in the in the
1: NFL, Martavis would still be on the Steelers, He'd and there, bon- there would be no need for Chase Claypool, right?
0: Maybe not the Steelers, He'd but be he would lead. have at He'd least be, played oh. himself out of the Steelers to a bigger contract yeah, as a number probably. one wide like receiver. A receiver. Juice, like a Juju Smith-Schuster deal the next tr- year, the yeah. tr- The trajectory he was going on was... It was going to come to the point where you've already been paying A.B., and A.B. is obviously better than him, but Martavis Bryant has established himself as a number one as well. And you can't you let that have man to... go unpaid, basically. And he probably would have moved on to another team. But, yeah, that point remains the same. He'd still be balling out in the league right now if it weren't for that. But what this is all encompassing is just how great he is at drafting the wide receiver position. And even just recently with the Chase Claypool pick, you know, a lot of people wanted him to take dobbins when mm-hmm. it was when he was sitting there in that second round and colbert said he wanted to go with claypool and I mean, Dobbins ended up hitting as well, but, I mean, Colbert clearly trusts himself when it comes to evaluating wide receivers and picking wide receivers because, I mean, Chase Claypool did everything you'd ever expect him to do as a rookie. The only thing Mm. that you'd maybe want more from is that he stayed on the field a little bit longer. That's that's it, and that's a positive. If if your biggest criticism is you (laughs) want him on the field more, I mean, he's done nothing but good things.
2: Right, and and again, yeah, I mean, you guys kind of hit on it there. Like, that Martavis Bryant thing, like any time he gets brought up, I just you know, I think back to, you know, how good he, I mean, he was really, really good. I mean, you know, when he wasn't, you know, uh, as, as Stephen A. Smith's, you know, says, stay off the damn weed. But I, I mean, you, you look at him goodness, could you imagine him right now on that team? And, and like you said, Tom, Um, you know, if, if the, the thing that you're hanging on to with, with Martavis is the fact like, man, I wish he was, you know, I wish he would have had his head on straight. Obviously he did something right on the field, regardless of what you think off the field or or what he did off the field. Um, you know, how stupid it it might've been, Uh, you know, if that's your biggest criticism of him, you know, I think he did something right. But again, back to, you know, you asked the question originally of the wide receiver position, like it's kind of unfortunate that the Steelers, um, you know, have such a a strong wide receiver group right now because I always enjoy, you know, in the draft, and I, I mentioned, you know, when we were talking about Colbert that one of the things I get excited about is, you know, seeing some of the guys they draft late and seeing if they develop. And it's just a little bit not a shame because, the I mean, I'm happy that the wide receiver group is really good, but I always get excited when when the Steelers draft someone from, I don't know, Ole Miss or some max school or wherever in the fourth or fifth round because nine times out of ten they hit. And it's just, you know, it's one of the positions that you don't need now. But in the back of my head, I just, I'm not upset, but I just, like, I always enjoy seeing um, a wide receiver getting taken late. And I'm always like, that guy's going to pan out for the like, Steelers. That's going to end up being a steal. But, yeah, wide receiver. and And, I mean, man, when you look at Martavis, he was a prime example of that. He just couldn't keep his head on straight. No, but it's not even that he
1: couldn't keep his head on straight. It was just the league policy was well, was what it shouldn't have been. But I mean, you can't I mean, that, those are the rules. I mean, right, unfortunately, that's, yeah. that's how that's how it goes, but it, it it is remarkable to think that you know, we're talking so much about this one guy, Martavis Bryant, right? When there are 10 others, 11 other guys in just the past decade that Kevin Colbert nailed, right? I mean, Going back even before he was officially the GM, he got Heinz Ward, he got Plexico Burris, he got Antoine Randall, he got Cedric Wilson for like two years. So I guess that's the only bust <laughs> I can think of in those early two thousand years. But he got good guys all along his career. And we spent the past, what, however many couple minutes talking about one Martavis Bryant, how much potential there was there. But look at all the other guys that we've named. The potential was there and it panned out, and they've had great NFL careers, whether they've retired now or are still in the league. They've all been great talent. And obviously, the crowning achievement uh, for Kevin Colbert was Antonio Brown. Unfortunately, you know, there was nothing Kevin Colbert could do about Antonio Brown's head getting. Too large for his own good, and getting himself booted off the team, and and bouncing around from from the Raiders, and then landing with Tampa Bay after being suspended for a whole year. There was nothing he could do about that. But the fact that he nailed Antonio Brown in the sixth round is probably his his
0: crowning achievement when it comes to that position. His ability also to you know replace players once they've won oh out yeah their welcome the turnover doesn't matter at all. Get value from players right. that seem to be valueless. Um, martavis bryant you know they traded him for a third round pick to the oakland raiders someone that seemed untradeable he had played an entire season in 2016 and then in 2017 he came back for the steelers and just was okay for them and was able to get a third round pick from oakland and he played one season in oakland and that was it and he hasn't been in the league since uh, and that was in 2018 but you know he used that pick in oakland from oakland to draft mason rudolph uh he also used that same draft to take the replacement from Martavis Bryant or the perceived replacement in James Washington. Yeah. So he's always good at, you know, he's turning Martavis Bryant, essentially a nobody into a possible future quarterback and a guy to replace him at the wide receiver position. And then you look at the Antonio Brown trade. Yeah. It was just time to move on from him value at a completely all time low. I mean, this is a guy that's worth three first round draft picks when he's playing at his peak, but yeah. because of his off the field stuff, Colbert was able to get a third and a fifth round pick from Oakland for him. That third round pick turned out to be Deontay Johnson, the replacement for Antonio Brown. Not that he's going to be as good as Antonio Brown, but he plays a similar style, and you know it's the body that comes into camp as the next guy. So, do you guys remember when the Steelers drafted Juju and Martavis sent out
1: that tweet saying, "You guys think this is the next guy? You know, I'm still me. Don't worry, I'll still be here." Well, guess what? Juju still here, you're not. Well I mean, that it, was
0: he didn't he tweet something like that's not my replacement, that's Marcus's replacement. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. So like yeah. it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter
1: whose replacement it is, the the ability of Kevin Colbert to just say, Okay, Marcus Wheaton will be off the team, Tavis looks like he's having some problems, let me go out and get the next guy. It's as
0: simple as that. And he also had that same mentality and it didn't end up like this because they re signed him, but you know, he drafted Claypool probably with an eye to the future saying I'm yeah. gonna lose Juju. Yeah. So there's my replacement for Juju. He's right. always We said he's the best at drafting the wide receiver position. He's never leaving that cupboard bare. I mean, he's all, if someone's leaving, someone's coming in. And maybe the someone coming in isn't as good as the someone leaving. Potentially he could be. Won't be initially when he comes in. Maybe he never will be. But at the very least, he's replacing a body with a body that has talent. And that's just, that's a great uh, feature as a GM. And that's, again, to kind of put a bow on this all. That's why he's the best GM, one of the best GMs in football.
2: No question. I mean, no one really thought that you know, uh, that you would get much of anything for, uh, Martavis Bryant. And then all of a sudden he's not even in the league anymore. And it turns out, like you said, Tom to Mason Rudolph and, um, and then the AB thing turns out into, um, into, Deontay. uh, Deontay Johnson. I, I mean, that's incredible turnover. Um, and again, you, you might not ever li- live up to what Antonio Brown was or whatever, but just to get something for him, you know, I mean, I remember when the whole AB thing happened and the trade went down, like we, Um, I remember we were sitting here like, oh, I don't even know what they're going to get. And they end up, you know, getting something really, really good, obviously. Um, Just uh, it's just a testament to Colbert. No question. Well,
0: Colbert will have his uh, life pretty busy over the next couple weeks, I'm sure. I'm sure he's been busy for the past (laughs) month, couple months. But things really uh, amp up as the draft is right around the corner. So in the next episode, we will talk about the draft uh, in general and some Pittsburgh Steelers specific stuff as well. Uh, but for Jacob Recht and Kellen Gurski, I'm Tom Opperman, and that's going to do it for this episode of Steelers Standard. Make sure you listen to all of our episodes at Steelers.com or download and subscribe to the podcast on Apple or Spotify. We will talk to you next time, folks. Thanks, as always, for listening to Steelers Standard.